Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. James Yarcho, who's the deputy editor for Bucks Nation, as well as the co-host of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And James, really appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, not the not the greatest of circumstances for the Buccaneers, but something that we all kind of knew was coming sooner than later. Well, let's start right there, James. So was this something you expected to happen now, this year? Did you think there would be another year of Tom Brady there in Tampa? Just what was your thoughts heading into today? Uh, I thought there would be at least one more year of Tom Brady. Whether that was in Tampa or not was kind of up in the air. To me, it came down to the Buccaneers or the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think there was really anybody else that was going to be able to make a serious play for Brady services, but I, I thought there would be at least one more season of Tom. Yeah, he still had all of the physical tools that you need, and you know was still going to be able to go out there and win football games. But you know, it, it seemed like it was time for him, and maybe he looked at the Buccaneer situation and thought, you know what, this is going to turn into a rebuild sooner than later. Is this roster really going to be able to compete for a Super Bowl? Which is the only reason I would come back, and ultimately just decided to walk away from the game. Now, when he had his uh, his exit interview with the Bucks and ta- talking to several teammates, they got the feeling right away that he wasn't going to return to the Bucks. Did uh, did you kind of get a sense of that in hearing what was going around with the organization that if he played again, it wasn't going to be with the Bucks specifically? No, I never really got that impression. I I think. Given the circumstances of the way things went down, you know it was it was easy to read that uh, he was likely going to be walk away, be walking away, you know, saying goodbye to the media the way that he did, and and saying goodbye to teammates the way that he did. I, I think they all kind of felt that he was just done in general. Uh, it seems to me that if if he was going to return, and even Jeff Darlington had reported it on Twitter that from what he heard, it was going to be the Bucks or retirement. I always felt that there was a, a chance that he was going to play, and, and if he did, Tampa had as good of, if not a better shot than just about any other team in the NFL for him to come back to. Do you think uh, his relationship with Byron Leftwich may have factored into it in, in the fact that Byron Leftwich is not with the Bucks anymore, and if he was leaning towards coming back, that, that could have been something to say, okay, maybe that's a sign that it is time to just step away. No, not not particularly. Given the way that the offense performed throughout the year, the kind of they were they seemed kind of stuck in that vanilla type preseason offensive play calling, and a lot of that I'm sure frustrated Brady to a certain point. I don't think the the offensive coordinator move, even though they haven't replaced Byron yet, it, it didn't. I don't think it played much of a factor, if any, in Brady's decision because. Any coordinator that could have come in, you know, they would have sat down and, and would have worked out what Brady wanted to run and, and how he wanted to run it. And there would have been a, a collaboration of how they were going to do things for the 2023 season. Now, whatever offensive coordinator comes in kind of gets a fresh slate. They can pursue a veteran quarterback. They can go for a rookie. They can stick with their in-house guy and in Kyle Trask. So I don't think the, the firing of Byron Leftwich really factored into Brady's decision at all. Speaking with James Yarcho, the deputy editor of Bucks Nation here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. So, James, is looking back at this past year with Tom Brady coming back where he did retire but then decided to give it another go, 
did you feel like at least in your perspective it was all worth it it was great that he came back another year or is it something you look back upon and say you know what maybe it would have been best for him to move on when he originally retired a year ago I think when the decision was made to come back, it was a great decision for the Buccaneers because it immediately put them back into championship contention, especially in the NFC, which we knew going into the year was going to be the weaker of the two conferences. What you can't project or, or prepare yourself for is the injuries, and the Buccaneers were just ravaged by them. You, you had to replace Ali Marpet on the left side of the line because he retired. You had to replace Alex Capo because he went to the Cincinnati Bengals. And then you lose your all-pro starting center on the second day of training camp. Those are just things that you, you can't plan for. You had Russell Gage battling injuries all season long. Chris Godwin coming off of a torn ACL. You had a beat-up secondary all season. So they still had all the talent. They had all the pieces in place to make a run. It, just, it was an unfortunate kind of string of bad luck where all of these components of the Buccaneers roster kept getting hurt and when you have all of these players like Jensen like Antoine Winfield Jr. Carl Davis Jamel Dean Russell Gage Chris Godwin you know all these guys getting injured it just it wasn't meant to be so when the decision was made no it was it was the right decision for Brady and the Buccaneers to make one more run at a Lombardi trophy it just didn't work out in their favor. What's the status of the remaining quarterbacks on the Bucks roster, Blaine Gabbert, Kyle Trask? Uh, Blaine Gabbert is a pending free agent, so he could stay, he could go. Uh, so really the only quarterback they have under contract for the 2023 season is Kyle Trask. Are they going to roll with Trask and maybe see what they have in him for a year and if he could be the future? Maybe, but you're also looking at a situation where – Aaron Rodgers could potentially be traded. You have Derek Carr, who's going to be able to uh, you know, search the best opportunity for him, and that could be in Tampa. You have Jimmy Garoppolo. You have other options at quarterback if you want to you know, keep track on, on the bench. Maybe you've seen enough of him in training camp and in practices and in his limited reps in the preseason, then, of course, against the Atlanta Falcons in the regular season, that they've they're already going to know what they have in Trask and if he is going to be their guy. And if they don't believe that he can be a guy that is a part of a championship roster, it's best to just move on and figure out where to go from there. So what do you think they should do as far as the options that are realistic out there, whether it's adding another quarterback or sticking with what they got now, what do you think the Bucks should do? I think that Derek Carr would probably be the best bet for Tampa Bay, you bring Derek Carr in, and I know he had a rough season with the Raiders, but I've been a big fan of, of Derek Carr since he entered the league. I think he has all the tools that you're looking for. A fresh start might help him out. And, of course, depending on who the offensive coordinator is, you know, he can succeed, especially in a weak NFC South. You bring in a guy that's as accomplished as, as Derek Carr, and he can win the division. He can give your team an opportunity to win games in the playoffs. Uh, as far as what I think they'll do I think they are going to pursue a veteran quarterback maybe not a Derek Carr but at least a veteran quarterback to come in and compete with Kyle Trask for the job a lot of Buccaneers fans my son being one of them would like to see them roll with Trask for a year and if they stink they stink and maybe that puts them in the running for Caleb Williams next year in the draft is Bruce Arians going to return for another season as a consultant 
it was said that he was very upset by some of the coaching changes that they made to that staff. Yeah, I, I do believe Bruce will be back in that consulting role of his. And you know, he's obviously he brought in all of these coaches for a reason. And, and loyalty is a very, very big thing for Bruce Arians. But at the same time, that coaching change happened so abruptly and so late in the process that Todd Bowles really had no choice but to go with all of the coaches that Bruce Arians had brought in. And at the end of the day, it, it didn't work. So if you're going to give Todd Bowles the reins as the head coach of the Buccaneers, you have to allow him to build his own staff and bring in the guys that he wants and he feels that he needs to succeed. You know, some of them are still going to be Bruce's guys, but, you know, they need to be Todd Bowles' guys. If Bruce Arians wanted to keep his staff intact and he needed to stay the head coach, he moved on. It's time to allow Todd Bowles to do the exact same thing. Now, James, just looking at the rest of the division, we know that it wasn't the most stellar year for the NFC South, but Tampa now moving on from Tom Brady, I guess maybe it's a little bit nicer in the fact that other teams in this division also struggling to figure out their quarterback situation and also struggling to get some things going. Just not only do you make of what the Bucks are doing moving forward, but the rest of the division, because it seems like a, a lot of these teams need a lot of help at the quarterback's position. Yeah, you're, you're looking at a, a division where really only one team knows their quarterback situation, and that's the Atlanta Falcons, right? You have Matt Rule, or I'm sorry, not Matt Rule, Frank Wright taking over for Matt Rule and, and Steve Wilkes there in Carolina. He's going to want to find a quarterback that fits what he wants to do. You have New Orleans, who, for whatever inexplicable reason, refused to put Jameis Winston back on the field over Andy Dalton uh, after Winston got healthy and, and Watching Winston with the Buccaneers, I'll be the first to say that he will go out there and he will lose you games. But at the same time, he'll also go out there and he will win you games. And that's not something Andy Dalton was ever going to be able to do. Dalton can lose them. He can't go out there and will the team to a win. So it was a very perplexing move by the New Orleans Saints to not put James Winston out there. But, you know, you, you have three teams now in the division that are going to be searching for help at the quarterback position, whether that's through the draft. You you have Carolina who could put themselves in a position to trade up and get a C.J. Stroud, or uh, maybe they, they sit where they are and, and they take a shot on Anthony Richardson out of Florida. You have the Saints who are going to be looking for a quarterback, whether that's in the draft now. They, they have the extra pick from Denver that they can package and move up and find their quarterback of the future, or all three of these teams are going to be fighting for the same couple of free agent quarterbacks uh, to help lead their team and, and hopefully win what's probably still going to be a weaker division in 2023. What are some of the other pending free agents on the Bucks that some that you expect to return and others that you expect to move on? The the biggest ones are going to be at the corner position. You have both Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting getting ready to become free agents. And given the Buccaneers' cap situation, they're not going to be able to keep both of them. So you're going to have to make a decision between Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. More than likely, I would expect Sean Murphy Bunting to be the guy to return because Jamel Dean is going to command a lot of money on the open market. Can they afford to bring him back? It seems highly unlikely. Uh, you have a situation where you can get out from under the contract of Leonard Fournette and he can become a free agent if the Buccaneers decide to move on. You have Mike Edwards, the, the starting safety opposite of Antoine Winfield Jr. He is set to become a free agent. 
You have Devin White entering the fifth year of his rookie deal. He's going to be looking to get paid. Antoine Winfield Jr. is entering the last year of his deal. Mike Evans is on a contract year. So there's going to be quite a few changes for the Buccaneers coming up. But as far as, as the pending free agents for this current offseason, the big three for the Buccaneers are all in the secondary. It's Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, and Mike Edwards. James, just looking at also the organization itself, I always find it fascinating where fans especially look at their teams and whether or not they have faith in the general manager and the president into the owner, into the head coach, whatever it is. And you just mentioned that there's a chance that there could be a lot of changes, a lot of turnover, a lot of different faces there in Tampa moving forward. Is there a lot of faith in management to be able to handle this type of overhaul to where people will be like, hey, it's okay, we got these guys, we know we have full trust in them? Or is there a little bit of suspect or suspicion there that maybe they can't uh, be able to handle something like this in the NFL? I think more so confidence in Jason Light's ability to, to build this thing back up than there are naysayers. And there's going to be naysayers. People are always going to go back and point to the Roberto Aguayo draft pick. Uh, there are going to be people that point to Kyle Trask. If he doesn't get the opportunity to start, then people are going to point to that and say that was a wasted second-round pick that you could have used on someone that could have helped the team in Brady's last two years of, of his stay with the Buccaneers. But Jason Light, over the, over the past few seasons, has really proved himself uh, to be able to go out and find talent in the draft and be able to bring in free agents. You know, he took a shot on Shaq Barrett because he liked what he saw, and Shaq Barrett comes in and absolutely explodes. He facilitated the trade. For Jason Pierre-Paul, he found guys like Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Antoine Winfield Jr. on day two of the draft. They come in and they help the football team. Ali Marpet was another one of his picks out of a small school, Hobart, uh, you know, on day two of the draft. So Jason Light has had a lot more hits than misses in the draft. And if the Buccaneers are going to go into a full rebuild, Light is an incredibly talented and intelligent general manager to be able to get the job done. What is the status of Shaq Barrett and his availability going into the offseason and to camp and uh, being available for the beginning of next season? That's still kind of up in the air. We haven't heard anything definitive. Uh, I would guess that he will be ready come training camp. Maybe not the OTAs, maybe not you know some of the early offseason workouts, but I would expect Shaq Barrett to be ready you know, to play come week one of, of the season. Uh, there just really haven't been any updates or, or information made available on his progress in, in recovering from his Achilles injury. I do want to ask you too, James, just about uh, the, the Super Bowl upcoming between the Eagles and the uh, Chiefs, which obviously uh, the uh, the Bucks would love to be there in that position. But uh, since we know what the teams are set, just what do you make of this matchup and uh, what do you make of the two quarterback duels between Patrick Mahomes as well as Jalen Hurts? I think it's going to be a really exciting game, honestly, and, and I think it would have been exciting regardless of which team came out of the AFC. Obviously, with San Francisco dealing with all those quarterback injuries, had they found a way to win, I'm not sure it would have been quite as entertaining of a game given which quarterback would have started for them. But since we do have the Eagles and the Chiefs, these are two really explosive offenses that can put up a lot of points in a hurry. The Eagles' defense is just unreal. It is, it is so good. And, of course, they have former Buccaneer and Dominican Sue over there. It's his third Super Bowl with as many teams in, I think, the last five years uh, is, is the tally on that one. 
And given what the Eagles were able to do offensively, again, arguably the best defense in football in San Francisco last week, they shouldn't have too much of a problem putting up points against the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs' pass rush showed exactly what they're made of against the Cincinnati Bengals last week, so they're going to try to get after Hurts. But just like you know, Kansas City has a quarterback that can escape trouble and make magic happen, so do the Eagles in Jalen Hurts. So I'm just I'm really looking forward to what should be a really really entertaining game. It should be a lot of fun to watch, and there will be some some big explosive plays made in this one that are going to be put on Super Bowl highlight reels for years and years. What kind of growth did you see with Jalen Hurts and that Eagles team last year? The Bucks eliminated the Eagles in the playoffs, and then they come back this year, and they're pretty much the best team in football for the majority of the season. Yeah, they just they made all the right changes, didn't they? They made the great trade for A.J. Brown, who's a, a top-five receiver in the NFL. They make the trade to bring in Gardner Johnson from the Saints, who has been an absolute spark for that defense. And, you know, another year of growth for – for Jalen Hurts, you know, sometimes you need that setback like he had in the playoffs where the, the Bucks defense just absolutely dominated him from the jump. You need those kind of moments to grow and figure out what areas you need to improve, and that's exactly what Jalen Hurts did. He has really started to take off as, as a true dual-threat quarterback, and, and now that he has the weapons with A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith, and, of course, I, I think that Miles Sanders is one of the most criminally underrated running backs in football, you know, the Eagles did every single thing they needed to do to put themselves in this position, and they've hit on everything. So it's been it's been quite the leap for the Eagles. I thought they were good heading into the season. I didn't think they were going to be great, and they are unquestionably, you know, a great football team, and they're set up for success for the next couple of years. So we could see quite a few chances for the, the Eagles and Chiefs to meet each other. The Eagles and Bengals are, are probably going to meet up at some point. Uh, the Philadelphia has made themselves the benchmark for the NFC of if you want to succeed with your franchise, you have to beat these guys first and foremost. All right, last one for you, James. We really appreciate you joining us, but since we're talking about all the NFL, if I was to tell you that there will be one NFL franchise that wins two or three Super Bowls in the next 10 years, which franchise are you putting the most stock in? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I want to say the Eagles for all the reasons I just listed, but I will go with the Cincinnati Bengals. I and, and they're going to lose a lot of players uh, due to having to pay Joe Burrow as much money as he is going to garner. So you're looking at losing guys like T. Higgins and Joe Mixon and, and possibly Sam Hubbard or Trey Hendrickson. But they've done such a good job of drafting and developing over the past few years. And I would argue that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL. So if I'm going to take a shot on a team, I'm going to put my money on the best quarterback that there is playing the game. Right now, that's Joe Burrow. And as he said himself, uh, their championship window is his career. So I, I think there's really bright days ahead for the Cincinnati Bengals franchise. James Yarcho, you can follow him on Twitter at jyarcho underscore bucks, deputy editor for Bucks Nation as well as co-host for the Locked On Bucks podcast. James, really appreciate you joining us, man. Great stuff. Enjoy the NFL offseason and the Super Bowl, man, and hopefully we catch up with you later down the road. All right, thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to talking to you guys again soon.